Howdy folks, welcome back to the Mighty Thor Podcast. My name's Ed. I'm Terry. Terry and I get together every couple weeks <laughs> or so <laughs> to uh, talk about <laughs> to talk about Marvel Comics Thor character. Uh, today we have, uh, this evening rather, we have lined up the 1966 volume of the Mighty Thor issues 166 and 167. And the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, issue 633, lined up as our topics of discussion. Uh, after the books, we also have a little bit of feedback, a uh, little faux pas on my part that I can relate to everybody there about that feedback. And so, uh, so Terry, how are you? I'm fine. Cool. We were just commenting while we were getting ready about how the price of Thor has fluctuated in the last 40-odd years. Oh, I don't think it's fluctuated. You used to be able to get an issue for $0.15, cents and now they're three ninety nine. You could get a 12-issue subscription mailed to your home, the convenience of mailed to your home, for $2. $2. If you were in Canada, $2.50. Now, if you were in a foreign country, $3.95. Now it's 27 according to the indice. Mm-hmm. So. so Thor has... Upped his value more more than a dollar a year. Yes, in uh, subscription fees. Yes, but that's okay. We love Thor, and we'll just jump right into um, issue one sixty six. By the way, we are a spoiler podcast. Not that we should be spoiling the nineteen sixty six versions of Thor here that we talk about, but you never know. What did you say? Sixty nine is when this one came out. Yes, right? sixty nine. So this this book is still almost older than I am. And it's, yeah, well. Why you always got to bring up age? Anyway, to, we're To moving. let people know that, look, if you're spoiled by this and you're going to get mad, get out. <laughs> no, don't get out. Listen to us. No, no, get out. No, listen to us. We're yeah. going to start with. We're, it's no reason for you to get mad and get all pissy whiny and stuff. We're going to start with issue 166 that came out in July. Isn't that lovely? And we left off when we when we left when we last saw. It was Thor. almost like July today. I know. So low sixties here. Uh, in February. Not a cloud in the sky all, all through the day. Yeah, yeah. in in uh, February in southern West Virginia. So it was it's, quite shocking. Yeah. But when we last left Thor, da da da, he was rather upset because him. He was upset with him. He was upset with him. Him, who I wish they had found a better name for, but they call him him, has stolen Sif, the Lady Sif, who Thor is madly in love with and, and wants to marry and have children with. And him has stolen Sif because he has woken from a long nap, very, very long nap, in his lovely cocoon. And he was the, she was the first woman he laid his eyes upon, and he decided, ooh, woman, I like her. And he took her away. So the front cover is a lovely battle between Thor and him, just ripping each other up, and it's the Thunder God battles as never before, a god berserk. The the more than mortal being known as him hath captured the goddess Sif, but the power of Thor shall find him and crush him forever. None may threaten my most truly beloved without facing the wrath of the Thunder God. This is brought to you in all its glittering glory, and I'm not making this up. This is what's in here. Brought to you in all its glittering glory by Stan the Man 
Lee and Jack King Kirby. Valiant Vinnie Coletta embellisher and slamming Sammy Rosen letterer. So we see in the background as we prepare for battle. That was very well done. Thank you. As we prepare for <laughs> battle, we see that Balder is still with Thor as his compatriot in, in, in arms here. And we are preparing for drama such as we've never known before. And Thor is rampaging. Balder's trying to calm him down, but it's not, not really helping any. But Thor is rampaging, rampaging that there is no place that him can hide. But, but now there's a, there's a reason for his rampage. Well, yes, his Lady Sif has been taken. No, 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 no. More than that. Oh, tell us, do, Ed. He has been taken over by warrior madness. Oh, that that most dreaded of of psychological defects that once it occurs deserves the swiftest most most terrible punishment that can be meted out so that all understand that you do not succumb to warrior madness oh in the midst of battle is that you why, must is that why Baldur's going bidding him hold that his rage bids him to make him mad and, yes, and he must hold back? you must always be able to fight with your wits. Ah, you can't and he doesn't, a, he's not very witty right at the moment because he's just he's like just, wanting revenge. He's a beast yes. with a hammer. Yes, and, and that's, he's, he's quite mad and, and he's tearing up the earth and, and bringing forth great and molten lava and the, the wanting revenge. The fact that he succumbed to this warrior madness is what leads to the... Uh, occurrences of issue 167. Okay. So. We haven't gotten there yet. Don't give it away. No, I'm not giving it away. I'm, I'm. Don't be a spoiler. I'm indicating to you. Don't be a spoiler. I'm not spoiling. I'm not getting ahead of myself. So, Thor is screaming, wanting revenge, such as none who has ever lived has ever known. And if Balder calls him mad, then mad so he will be. Of what use is sanity when not but power will prevail? For in all the world, save for Regal Odin, there be no power equal to mine. And, and during this speech, he is tearing through the earth's core, bringing molten lava to the surface. He is ripping apart and causing whirlwinds. He's just having him a big old tantrum. Tantrum. And he's calling Balder to his side. He said, the time has come, the die is cast. And Balder's like, um... Friend, friend, oh no, never mind, you've gone mad, you have no ears to hear. Okay, here I come, I'm coming to help. And Thor is um, throwing his Molnir, throwing Molnir, hoping that somehow it will lead him to where he needs to go. Um, um, Molnir has many different powers, as we've learned through the last many, many issues of Thor. And he is uh, wanting to strike and slay. And now we switch over to Carnilla. Because don't forget, Balder has his own trials and tribulations. Even because, though he may not know about it. <laughs> well, he knows about it, but he don't so. know that there's some there's some conniving going on in the background. Carnilla has decided that she wants Balder. Wants Balder. And is doing all that she knows to do to convince him that he wants her back. And Ed is convinced that he's in love with her. I think he's been cast a spell on him. And that's why he, he has this problem with Carnilla. But Carnilla has decided that she wants Balder and will do nothing to stop. You know, she, she, she will stop at nothing to get him. And she has sent the hag 
back last issue to snatch Balder away from helping Thor back to her and Thor managed to somehow command the hag to go away. And that is hag with two A's. Yes. As in a proper noun. Not, yes, not, not, not as in a, a, a withered, yes. stooped over old crony woman. Right. This, her name is Hag, H-A-A-G. Sorry, so, I, didn't, I, I didn't mean to, to mislead you. Yes. And Carnilla is fussing at Hag, saying, why didn't you bring me Balder? You, you lost him. What, what happened? I, I bid thee to speak to me, old ancient crone. Tell me what's going on. And then she goes waxing poetic about how she has offered him her royal hand, her imperial heart, blah, 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 queen of Norns, blah, blah. And he has done nothing. His, he has not given her any time of day. And Hag tells her, said, no, his heart is heavy. For thy spell of love hath conquered it, but he hath greater devotion to his duty than to you. He was a sworn to Asgard and Thor well before he even knew of Carnilla. So even though the spell, the spell of love. Yes, uh, my, my mind has been, been swayed. Has been put on him by Carnilla. He is still being swayed even more by his first devotion, his first love, which is Asgard. And Hag is like, but don't worry. You will have the prize. Just give me time. See, I'm, I'm, I'm molding a graven image of Balder. And with some witchery, we'll have him. Don't worry about it. And she's making a little, like, voodoo doll of clay of Balder. Kind of looks like him already, even though it's rather non nondescript. Okay. And then we go back to Thor, who is still rampaging. Molnir has transported them somewhere. So Thor says, this must be where he is. Him. This must be where him is. Him is. So, yeah. So I'm going to have the battle that I want. And, and Baldur's like, never before did you want to battle so badly. He's raging. Only in defense have I known thee to wield the hammer. But never before, and he's thinking to himself, but never before has the warrior madness been upon thee. He's never seen Thor this agitated. Nope. And he's telling Thor, you, you know, you have to take care. You're, you're not all, you're not like kicking on all cylinders here. Him has the power to read men's thoughts. So we will not catch him unawares. Thor's not listening. Baldur's telling him all this. And, 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 and the picture shows Baldur's like 10 paces behind Thor saying, you got to be careful. You got to listen to me. You know, this guy, he can do this. And Thor's just raging on. He's just going on ahead of him, just moving on through. And Baldur's like, I'm asking you to listen to me. I must face him first. It's my fault that he escaped, and I have to face him first. He's kind of hoping that he can deflect mm -hmm. Thor a little by saying, you know, for my honor... For me, as your friend, you have to let me face him because it's all my fault that this even happened. And Thor's like, mm -mm, this is my fight. This is my fight. Just And Baldur's like, but the, the madness, it's upon you. It clouds your brain. You're not thinking. You'll be weaker. You'll be slain because you're not, you're not thinking. And he's being entangled by roots while he's talking. And all of a sudden he's like, wait, what is going on here? What sorcery is this? And Thor's like, the very roots beneath our feet 
are rising up and ensnaring us. So this is a lovely half-page picture of Balder and Thor being kind of like taken over mm-hmm. by the roots. And Thor is, is like, um, I should fight alone. Because for some reason, Balder is the only one really being trapped. And then we find out it's because him mentally commanded the roots to hold Balder. Because his fight is not with Balder. Right. His fight is with Thor. He says, I wished you hadn't found me because I have no wish to harm you. And, and that gets Thor ballistic once again. What do you mean harm me? I'm Thor. I'm God of Thunder. And he was like, it doesn't matter. I am him, not born of man or woman. I am invincible. Those who made me, made me well. And Thor's like, but Thor shall still destroy thee. So we see Sif floating in this little bubble of something in aerospace. Not quite sure what that is, but it's a little bubble. It looks like she's in a bubble, like you blow out of a, a bottle of bubbles in your little wand. She's in a bubble. Because him has placed her there so nothing can befall her while he takes care of Thor. And Thor is even more enraged because there's his beloved Sif and he can't reach her. And it's so funny because the the speak bubbles are very calm for him so that you get the idea that you're supposed to read him in a calm, almost monotone, you know, very laid back you know, this is how it is, and this is what's going to be. And all of the speech bubbles for Thor have jagged edges. So you're supposed to be very frantic when you when you think about what he's saying. Yes. And he's telling him to, uh, a cursed one, defend myself. You know, no matter, I don't care what you're talking about, I'm going to get you. And him is like, I have a mind shield that will defend me against any weapon. I don't need it, though, against a living being, for I'm far stronger than any of them. And Thor's like, so we meet on equal terms. You know, God of Thunder, him. So we'll, 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 we'll hash it out. And this is a full page of fisticuffs between Thor and him. And him is like, I am more than man, more than Thunder God. I am him. Don't be surprised by my power. I only wish to live in peace with the companion that I have chosen, which just so happens to be Thor's Sif. But if I have to battle you, I will. And he has Thor down on the ground with his elbow up against his throat. And Thor's like, "'Tis not thy strength that has failed me, "'tis the thought of Sif with one such as thee, a thought I can't endure." And he throws him off of him. (laughs) I know. And he says, a wretch, expect no mercy. And he jumps on top of him. And as he leaps, I know, as he leaps onto him, him rolls away. I I hate his name. Um, I can tell. Yeah. uh And and rolls away from him. And Balder, we can hear him talking, saying, you know he's not acting in malice and 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 it's he's got the warrior madness never mind i'm not going to make any sense to him and and him is tumbling down the hillside where thor has kind of thrown him and thor's hollering at him you know come on fight 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 and him's like 
came back up up to Thor and they're fighting again and Thor's like don't cling to me look in my eyes you'll you shall see there's no reprieve they're fighting I beg thee not to fall too soon deny me not my vengeance and he throws him off again he goes flying through the air and he lands and Thor's like your heart still beats and the blood still courses so don't rest you know come on let's fight and him's like I tried to fight you fairly now I must use my deadly mind power with but a thought I can send great boulders hurtling at you and and Thor's like come on bring it on not all the planets serving surging forth couldst taught me now for thou hast captured Sif so they're still battling there's there's pieces of rock now flying everywhere and Thor's like you know in fighting you I strike not living flesh thou can't even feel my blows so you don't feel any pain but the heart of Thor hath been pained most grievously when thou didst dare seize his believe his beloved and meanwhile we see that Odin is looking on in his little TV bubble screen that he can look at and his his um, right-hand man has said look look what's going on here and Odin's like how did you were searching for Galactus how did you find Thor because that's what he was supposed to be doing the royal astrologer yes the royal astrologer was supposed to be looking through this he's bubble thing finding galactus because odin stars for galactus because odin is quite perturbed that he's still out there and he said how did you find my son instead and the guy's like well while i was scanning distant worlds i spied him and i've never seen him like this he he has to look of thor but there's something else there and Odin's like, yeah, never did I see the day when the flesh of Odin's flesh, blood of Odin's blood, would succumb to warrior madness. So Odin's now contemplating. He's like, in battle, you know, the affliction of warrior madness alters decisions, and, and I have to step in. Because it's the greatest malady of all. And any who are guilty of it must pay the penalty. Yes, even the son of all father Odin. And even as he speaks, we see that um, there's a cocoon going about him, which is what him does whenever there's a problem and whenever his survival is threatened. Yeah, when he needs to uh, to heal, refresh, recharge. A cocoon forms around him, and uh, that's what's that's what's happening now. And Thor's like, "What's going on? No, I will not be. I'll, I'll no. This can't be happening. I will not be cheated." And he's trying to tear apart the cocoon, and it's, of course, fully encasing him. And then he hurdles off into space. And Thor's like, well, I've won because the victim of the battle is gone. He's, he's drifting out into space, and I'll have to wait to get my revenge when it opens up back up again. But why, all of a sudden, I have a really bad headache. There's a heavy cloud that seems to be on top of me. And he, he realizes that the warrior madness has possessed him. This is the first time he admits that there's something wrong, that he's he's got the warrior madness. And he says, I I was not worthy of my foe. I, I had no pity. I had no no um, heed. I, I was unreasoning, and I, I'm, I, I'm just not good. I did not fight well at all and then he sees Sif in the aerosphere as it drifts slowly to the ground I'm assuming yeah with when the power of him vanished the, the little sphere started drifting down and Thor's like Sif you're you're safe 
yay and and Sif lands and, and comes out of the sphere because it fades away and she knows something's wrong she's like you know, I've never seen you so cruel so merciless no so so lacking in compassion you know he was but a youth in his mind he didn't know he didn't mean anything by what he did and Thor's like but I would have died for you that's that's what I was I, the warrior madness was upon me because I, I love you Sif yeah, it's all her fault. Hey. Hey. How can it be all Sif's fault just because he's in love? Anyway. No, it's not Sif's fault at all. I know, but he's saying it's all it's, your fault. It's his fault. I know. And Baldur has been let loose by the vines and, and, and roots because him has gone off in his cocoon. And, and he's talking to Thor going, you know, there's a sacrifice that you'll have to make. You'll have to atone for what you did. And, uh, they're all speaking of it, Balder and, and Thor and Sif are all together and talking about what they're going to have to do. And, and Balder's like, we know the law of Odin, the god of thunder to warrior madness has succumbed. And now he must uh, see the Allfather's sentence for what he's done. And Thor's like, yeah, I've got to go pay my price. Thus, by the power of Mjolnir, now high we all to fabled realm. And they go back to Asgard. Where Lord, where Odin is approaching, the guards are heralding him, and uh, he's not very happy. He's 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 got his little man looking for Galactus. He's waiting for Thor to get back. So, as the the heralds are telling Odin that what has happened is that they have completed the shift. They have they have. Apparently he commanded them to build some kind of cosmos craft that would be able to search the endless heavens for Galactus. And they're telling him that it's finally done and there's never been a ship like it before. That it should be able to reach beyond the universe, beyond the end of time. And Odin's commenting upon how grand it is. And this is a very, very Kirby-esque page of this grand ship. Mm -hmm. It's huge. The people standing beneath it are like little tiny G.I. Joe men. I guess not ant size, but G.I. Joe men size compared to the ship. And Odin says that he's decided that Thor is the one that's going to have to command the ship. Pilot it. Because that is going to be his punishment for succumbing to the forbidden warrior madness. And within moments... Thor and Balder and Sif show up in the palace chamber. And uh, he's, Thor, Thor turns to his friends and said, I have to go talk to Odin. I have to see what my punishment is. And Sif's like, I'm with you, darling, in my heart. And Thor's like, That's the god of thunder hath spoken. I have to leave. So he wanders off to find Odin to see what his punishment is. Face his punishment. Yep. yep. Couple awesome full page spreads in there. Yeah. The one of the uh, of Odin's face uh, wasn't too taken with that one, but the first one of uh, Thor and Balder. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Kirby at his best. Yes. So we'll move right on to one sixty seven, and the front of one the cover of one sixty seven shows Thor in a ghost like drawn drawn the ghost like ethereal. With um, Dr. Donald Blake, 
drawn at his feet. So you can tell that there's there's some sort of uh, division going on between Donald Blake and Thor while they're they're being menaced by Loki. So I'm assuming he's menacing Doctor Blake, and Thor is going to. He's holding Blake's cane. Yes, he is. The Thor cane. And then the title of this one is This World Renounced. And this cover was done by John Romita Sr., who's another big name of the time period. Yeah. Uh, under Loki's ah, foot. Yes, Romita. Because I was about to give credit to Jack Kirby because it says inside that he did the uh, did the art, art but, but not the cover. Right. This, like I said, is by Jack, the the man, I mean, by Stan the Man Lee and Jack King Kirby with Vince, Vincent Coletta embellishing and Artie Simic lettering. And we are the place Asgard, home of the mighty Norse god, the time, the eternal present, the offing, sheer spellbinding spectacle such as thine eyes have never beheld. And we are watching Thor walking down almost an... an you know how the 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 Marines put their put their swords up. He's he's like walking the gamut. Yes, that he's walking, and they the other Asgardian warriors are beating upon their drums, saying the Thunder God approach thee, the presence. And Thor's like, whatever my royal father may decree, Thor shall face it like a god. So he gets to Odin's throne room. Thank you. I can think of words today. He gets to Odin's throne room, and Odin's sitting there in all his glory, and uh, he says, Stand thee forth. Thou hast committed the sin unpardonable. When last thou battled, thou wert overcome by warrior madness. Thy hammer struck not for justice alone. Thou didst fight for base revenge. So apparently Asgardians are supposed to be better than that. You must have a noble cause. Yes. And he asked Thor, he said, What's your story? And Thor's like, I'm guilty. That's my story. And Odin puts him on his knees so he can uh, humble him in some way and tell him that um, where men can have such thoughts, gods cannot. Then you must absolve your monumental guilt by doing what I see fit for you. And Sif's like, no, no, no. It was for me that he did it. And Baldur's holding her back, telling her to be quiet, you know. Of what Odin says is what's going to go. And Sif's like, but you don't understand. He did it for love. He did it for me. And now he stands condemned because he acted with the heart of a man. And Baldur tells her, you know, just it, it'll be all right. Odin will be fair. He will be stern, but he will be just. He loves Thor, and but he will give him a penance that, that, that he needs to do. Just stand back and, and see what happens. And uh, he pledges his allegiance you know, uh, he, yeah, he has to go to the Rainbow Bridge. And Sif wanders off to the Rainbow Bridge also. And Baldur's like, I have to, to go see how I can serve him best who serves. And, and farewell till we meet again. And Sif's like, bye, Baldur. We must keep our hope alive. So Thor is still on his knees in front of Odin in the throne room. And Lady Sif comes in. After she told Baldur, you know, she'd be okay, she runs in anyway to plead for Thor. To, to tell Odin exactly why Thor did what he did. 
and Thor's trying to tell her, no, shh, shh, it's okay, I did wrong. And Odin is tired of it and tells them all to be quiet. He says, the heart of Odin, the heart of a father, doth long to be most merciful, but Odin be God before father. And I must then punish you. And my decree, your sentence will be that you will go on the mission to find Galactus. And you may not return until you find him. And Sif is torn up by that because the universe is endless and who knows where Galactus is. And it could take an eternity. And Thor's like, that's okay. I have been sentenced. No more can be said. Just know that I love you and whatever dangers there are, I shall meet them unflinchingly for I am armed with thy love. We have a full page of Odin giving his decree in the background and Sif and Thor all lovey-dovey. Holding each other in the foreground. Holding each other in the foreground. All right, easy now. Okay. That's onions. We we were cooking with those tonight. Yes, we were. So, Balder is on the um, Rainbow Bridge. Someone has given him a ride there. That's that's how he got there. And he tells him thanks. And he he tells Hemdal, I crave to leave to stride yon bridge. And Hemdal tells him to go ahead and advance because he calls him friend to come on what 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 you need. And Baldur says, I want to go to Earth. And Hemdal said, Twill be granted will be done. Hold out thy blade, the ritual of space may begin. And little does Baldur know that Carnilla is paying very good attention. And she has gotten Loki to be her sidekick. Now, apparently Hag wasn't doing the job for her. She wanted someone with a bit more cunning and a bit more power. So she's called upon Loki. Because Loki has no qualms about anything. And But he's asking her, he says, Look, why are you squandering your energies on Balder? Thou art meant for greater things such as only Loki can provide. You think Loki's in love with Carnella? No. no, he just wants her power. Yeah. Okay. He and wants, Con- he wants to be her right hand man. Okay. And Car- Carnilla tells him, says, "We are too much alike. I need somebody who's a bit more honorable, and untarnished, and that's Balder, not you, because I can't trust you for nothing, as far as I can throw you." And she tells um, Loki that if Balder is not hers, then no other shall have him. Oh, a woman scorned. So, Loki's like, well... In the land of the Norn. A woman scorned in the land of the Norn. Yeah. So, the um, they're talking about Balder going to Earth. You know, the, about him reaching his destination there. And Carnilla's like, it doesn't matter. My spell will reach him wherever he goes. And I'm not worried about it. And here comes Hag. And he has, she has created... She has created a new image of the victim in mystic enchanticlay. And whatever befalls the image, the enchanted clay image of Balder, will befall the actual Balder. Kind of like a voodoo doll. Yeah, that's what I said. She was making a little voodoo doll of him yeah. out of clay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Loki looks upon her with disdain and says, Well, thou clever hag, mayhaps cleverer than thou knowest. And um, if Balder suffers injury and the news be brought to Thor, then surely the god of thunder will hasten to his side. Well, Thor's not going to be allowed to, because he's supposed to be in the ship. 
searching for Galactus in the Endless Universe. Right, but Loki didn't know that. So, Loki decides, since Thor would come to Baldur's aid, that he's going to take the little clay image of Baldur and play with it in such a way as to bring Thor out of wherever he is. Because ultimately, he wants the hammer of Thor. So he's like, stand back while I strike this this little clay doll and show it who's faster. Yeah, he's such a big boy. And at the same time, Balder lands on Earth as though he is mortally wounded. He just kathunks onto Earth. And people are, like, trying to help him, sending for an ambulance. He's hurt real bad. You know, they're trying to figure out what happened. Because just all of a sudden, he just appeared. It's like he fell out of the sky, hurt. Meanwhile, back on Asgard, Odin has taken Thor to the Ship of Ships. The spaceship that, ship that has been created to go find Galactus. And this is a magnificent half page of the inside workings of the ship. And Thor is in awe of it. He said he's never seen anything like it before. And Odin's like, yes, you should be. And it should help us find Galactus and bring him here for my judgment. And he asks Thor, he says, do you think I am too cruel? Do you think what I've put upon you is too much and Thor's like no I, I, I need to do that you are right I need to do something he says I crave ere the quest begins let me go to earth one more time for the journey I may not come back this way again and, and I want to go to earth and Odin says I'll think about it but there be one more thing Look in the Odin's eye. It shall guide the truth throughout the cosmos. But with the thought you can command it. It shall reveal the secrets of the universe. Sights which have never been seen. Sights of which you have never dreamed. And he's showing Thor how to use the sphere. But don't be distracted by these different sights. Because you seek Galactus. Don't 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 be distracted as you're looking in the sphere. Just remember what your mission is. And Thor's like, I I I understand. I, I that's what I will do. And Odin's like, only you can can find Galactus and save us. He's trying to boost him up a little after shooting him down a little, I think. And then he decides, okay, you can go to Earth. Get thee to Earth till Odin calls. Till I tell you to come back to the ship. Use your time well, for there'll be little left. And Thor says, thank you very much. And he shoots him to Earth. So he goes back to the office of Donald Blake, because he wants to go back there and, and remember his time there. And he's whirling Molnir so he can fly to the office where he was. And he sees um, Balder in the office being treated by the doctors Grave, grievously afflicted is what it says and there the doctors are just sitting around going we don't know what's wrong with him we can't diagnose what's wrong with him and it's a pity Donald Blake is nowhere to be found because he once successfully operated on this man's companion Sif yeah he did, they did, he did operate on Sif didn't mm -hmm. he and, and saved her he seems to have a feel for this Asgardian 
physiology. And Thor's thinking, that's true. Only Dr. Blake can help Balder. And if Dr. Blake is needed, then Thor shall not be found wanting. Loki, meanwhile, is there on the premises watching this whole thing go down. And he's like, mm-hmm, my plan's succeeding. Mjolnir shall be mine shortly. So Thor goes up to the roof where he won't be seen by anybody. And he strikes Mjolnir on the ground and becomes Dr. Blake so that he can go help Balder. And while he's trying to make his way down, Loki comes up behind him and takes the cane, the walking stick, and says, I know it's worth Fool, you struggle in vain. No longer are you the god of thunder. I will hold the magic cane, and nevermore shall you be again the god of thunder. It's Behold, it's mine now and forevermore. And Dr. Blake tries to strike back at him because he knows that Loki is not of the temperament, proper temperament to have Mjolnir. And so they're having a big old fight on the rooftop. And of course, Donald Blake can't win because Loki is an Asgardian god. So they're fighting back and forth. And Loki just finally knocks him down and, and takes off. But Odin sees all this and says, Stand fast, Loki. Thinkest thou to change the plans of thine own liege to alter the fate of Asgard? And Loki's like, But I won this fair and square it's my prize I claim it for my own Never, even you can't interfere for it is written in the code imperial thou did not win it fair Odin says you are wretched and whoever holds the mystic Mjolnir must probe the cosmos for Galactus yeah. so because Loki stole Mjolnir and is now the owner of Mjolnir He's the one that gets to go look for Galactus in the great ship. And Odin calls him forth, says, Villain, now be gone. Go to your royal sentence. You are not fit to bind your, your brother's boots. And lands the cane back beside Dr. Blake, who wakes up seconds later and says, Well, Loki's gone. What happened? Here's my cane. He wouldn't have left it behind unless, unless. And he feels the power of Odin. And meanwhile, in the distant galaxy, planets ignite, then smolder and crumble as the carnage is unchecked, the carnage of Galactus, who is out there destroying more worlds to feed because he's so hungry. And this is a lovely full page of Galactus with ships of people fleeing from the planet that he has just most recently destroyed. And... Uh, the Odin Eye, meanwhile, back on Asgard, the Odin Eye has seen the one called Galactus. And they're like, summon the, the Thunder God, we must find Thor. It's like, too late, he's, he's speeding away. No, never mind, too late. He spans the universe with just a heartbeat. Even while we watch, the galaxies fall away and he is gone. So now we, we go back to Earth, where Dr. Blake, of course, has shown up and has performed surgery on Balder and done a masterful performance, such as we have never seen, such surgical brilliance, they're saying. And they're congratulating him, and he's saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, Balder is going to be okay. He, he, he saved his life. And he's out in the hallway, Dr. Blake, saying farewell 
I, ha I have to leave you here on earth to carry on the good fight as for me I'm needed elsewhere and he takes a final flight over the city because he, he says I will have to my journey will end in space when I find the one I seek behold Galactus so he must not have seen that Odin said that Loki had to go look for Galactus so I guess he's going that was the end of this ep of this issue by the way I'm, I'm assuming he's going to go back to um, Asgard and find out from daddy that his punishment is no longer going to be well I don't know all he does is snatch Loki well, he tells him, though, that since he's the one holding Molnir, then he has to be the one to go search for Galactus. See, I haven't read Forward. I haven't read 168 yet. No, I haven't either. So, I'm just a in the dark. Whosoever holds the mystic Mjolnir must probe the cosmos for Galactus. Okay. That is what he tells him. Mm -hmm. And I guess and he snatches Blake him up. was unconscious. Mm -hmm. So Thor doesn't realize he's still under the impression that, that he has to go. He gets to survey Earth one more time and then go and serve his sentence. But mm -hmm. there now is no sentence for him to serve. Loki's going to serve it. Right. As far as this goes. As far as we know. So. Now I'm excited about reading 167. I mean 168. To see who has to go look for Galactus. Still a lot of uh, full page spreads in that one too with... Kirby. Mm -hmm. Plenty of, of chance and time for him to do his thing and, and, and show it off in the book. But yeah, this story, I don't. this one's keeping my interest a little bit more than a lot of them have in the past. I'm kind of interested in this going to find Galactus thing. The him thing was uh, kind of... Yeah, uh, him was kind of stupid, but you know. But going to find Galactus and... Mm -hmm. And I just now read Ford a little bit in 168, and it is Thor that goes. You can't do that. Yeah, I can. I'm a spoiler. I'm a spoiler. Okay. So, uh, last up, we've got the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, issue 633, which should be okay, because I believe 634 is out. So, but, a spoiler warning. We open with a full page spread here that's kind of a quick catch up on what's been going on. We see Loki and we see Lee. Lee or Leah. Not sure how to pronounce it. It's written by Kieran Gillen. Artist is Richard Elson. The uh, colorist is Jessica Colleen with letters by, letters by Clayton Cowles. Excuse me. Um. We zoom in from space into Earth, into zoom into Kansas, zoom into Asgardia, and we see that uh, the deconstruction, reconstruction is still underway, and we see a big image here of man and God working together to uh, make things right. Mm -hmm. Next, we go to a sub-basement of the Infinite Embassy. Uh, wherein the fear lords are meeting, and we meet some of the fear lords. These are uh, various denizens that at one time or another probably have been called the devil or Satan, uh, but each one also uh, has a, a, a bailiwick that's a little different from the others as far as what they are presiding over. 
We have the dweller in darkness. Uh, we have the demon despair. Lurking, the lurking unknown. The straw man. Kalaku, who that one I was completely unfamiliar with. It's a dragon, a dragony kind of creature. Not really sure what it is. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a female demoness called Nox. And then here, um, the last one that they showed that is empty belongs to Nightmare. Now, all these fear lords are meeting to discuss what can, should, will be done as far as um, concerning the um, um, the anti-Odin. What was his name? The Serpent. Yes, the Serpent and his, what he did as far as, as upending fear and who got the fear and how much fear and generating fear and this, this, he Basically, he messed up this whole hierarchy is how I see it. Well, the, the, this energy called fear, you know, is divided up and goes to certain people for certain things. Well, it's kind of like our oil and, and uh, the serpent came in and he disrupted the flow of fear because he absorbed it all mm -hmm. to, to power himself and his, uh, his emissaries. So uh, there was a disruption of their lifeblood, of their coin or currency, uh, you know, everything that they use to, to do what they do uh, revolves around fear. And he messed all that up. So they're wondering, you know, they're, they're conferencing about what can and, and should and needs to be done about this. And oddly enough, and, and I'm sure it will come into play, one of them is not there, and mm -hmm. that's Nightmare. And Nightmare was one of the demons at the end of fear itself that Loki was dealing with. And uh, Nightmare was trying to cut his own deal with the Serpent Lord and all mm -hmm. this other kind of stuff. So we then cut to Broxton where we see Lee and Loki at the local diner there in Broxton. And he is introducing her to the uh, earthly thing called a milkshake. Mm-hmm. She yeah. wants to know what happened to the poor cow to get it to render the milk so. Yes, frozen and, and everything. <laughs> and he said, oh, it's just too horrible to tell. And she takes, actually, it's his milkshake. He just wanted her to, to try it. And she takes it and just starts to, to down it. Now, I thought when I first read this that he was trying to warn her off because of brain freeze. But, no, he's just pissed because she's drinking his shake. Yeah. So, while that's going on, the one of the... Town bullies here comes up and starts hassling uh, primarily Loki because uh, right now Loki is representative of what this um, young man finds wrong with Broxton, and that's that the gods are there. And since they've been there, you know, all this bad stuff has befallen and the town's been messed up and people have, you know, all the bad stuff has been because of gods. And here in front of me, I have a god that I can pick on, and he happens to be smaller than me. Mm -hmm. So I can really get this done. So he starts uh, messing with Loki, and he's going to wail on him, but Lee stops him, grabs him, and throws him through the front window. Uh, we see the 
hellhound to be yes. uh, tied up out front <laughs> to a light post. I'm, I'm really glad he's sticking around. Loki quickly grabs up Lee and knows that discretion is the better part and takes off. Yes. With the hellhound who asks murder. Murder? Murder? Like, do you want me to murder him? Uh, and they go away. And as they do, the one of the waitresses from the diner is, is out helping the big uh, thug dude stand up. Now we cut. Mm, we don't know when. I would say this is either at the same time or a little bit earlier than what we've just been seeing. Uh, we're in Poland now. Krakow. Krakow, Poland. And there's a, a young lady who is laying in bed, apparently having nightmares. And by the sounds of, uh, by the looks of what's coming out of her mouth, she's having a nightmare related to uh, the serpent and all his doings recently. Some sort of possession-y kind of Yeah, it, possession, but she's also like seeing what it, he was doing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of thing. And so the mother and father are fussing over her, and there's a knock on the door, and the, the father goes to open the door, and here's a, uh, an American here named Damon Hellstrom, uh, who goes by the moniker Son of Satan. Uh, he's a good guy. He's been around for a long time, since back in the 70s. Uh, he's a demon. He actually is the son of, I forget which one. He says he's the son of Lucifer, but I, I forget which of those entities that may even be one that we didn't see there, one of the fear entities that he is the actual son of. He's he's an actual demon, mm -hmm. but I, I forget why somewhere along the way he decided that those kind of things that his father does, he's not a real big fan of, so he's going to come out against him, and he's going to actively work to counter the doings and manipulations of his father, uh, we'll say. Which is why he calls Lucifer. himself an exorcist. Yes, Okay. And why he goes by the name Son of Satan. Okay. On Earth, he had to adopt a name, so he came up with the name of Damon Hellstrom. Um, he was a member of the Defenders for a long time. He was also married to a young lady that was uh, one of the Defenders, too, called Patsy Walker. And she went by... She cat? Hellcat? She went by Hellcat. She was a big hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat -y kind of person, kind of like Beast for the X-Men. Oh, okay. Although she's human. Mm -hmm. and she just put on a, a, an outfit. Patsy Walker. Um, and so Damon Hellstrom is there to do the exorcism of this young girl. Um, probably, you know, through some kind of power or divining, he found out what she was going through because he typically lives in, in America mm -hmm. and, you know, he's quite a ways from home right now. Um, uh, he can travel like to hell and back. So I guess he just like jumped down there and jumped back to Poland is how he got there. But he's asking for help and he's, he's looking kind of weird. He's got red eyes and he's got pointy vampire -y kind of teeth. He's got a big old pentagram um, branded on his chest. So, He's asking this dude in Poland to come into his house. And, of course, the dude is like, who are you? No. <laughs> what do you want? And he's telling him, look, you know, I need to get in. I can help your daughter. Uh, now 
the daughter is loud enough so that we can hear her downstairs and kind of is emphasizing to the dad that something needs to be done. And Damon is like, you know, look, do something quickly. All this time he's been telling the man he can't come in unless he's invited like a vampire. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's about. Uh, And the man just starts to invite him in and Damon just rushes through, um, apparently to try to save the girl. So he rushes up there and, and she finishes her little chanting mutterings here about the dark citadel falling and the castle and all this. And then she kind of seizes up and uh, releases this something from inside her through her mouth, whether it's a gas, whether it's some sort of spirit form, you can't really tell. And that's it. So basically, Damon, due to his own timing, but also due to the being held up by the father is too late. Mm-hmm. And on his way out, he tells him, it's not your fault. It's not my fault. You know, somebody else did this, and I'm going to find who that is. So we cut back to Asgardia. We're now in the Rune Garden, which is the castle's, I guess, flower garden, as it were. And we see all three aspects of the All-Mother here. Um, Loki is coming to visit... um, probably because he's been called to audience by them because they have found out what happened in Broxton. Mm -hmm. And what they found out happened in Broxton was that Loki caused everything, which we know is not the case. That's not what happened. Yeah, Lee did throw the dude out the window, but the dude started messing with him first. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, they're kind of uh, giving him the the third degree, trying trying to find out more about probably why he was in Broxton more so than they're concerned about what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they know that Loki is always up to something and they also, of course, are aware that they are blackmailing Loki. They have information about him that he doesn't want out. So they're just intensely curious about what he's doing and and where he's going and, and everything like that. So they're, they're asking questions with, you know, two or three meanings and they're trying to dig into what he's doing. And, you know, basically he tells them nothing because right now he's not up to anything. He doesn't have any schemes going. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't have And anything. he takes all the blame too. He doesn't even mention Lee. No, he does because she's not supposed to be up right. here. So not that they don't know already, I'm sure, but he doesn't want them to know. And, and they say, well, you know, we'll take care of it. We'll pay for everything. We'll, and you'll pay us back. We'll apologize to the boy and everything. Basically. Yeah. You are now more. Behold. Indebted to us. Yeah. So uh, he thanks them and, and gets on his way. Uh, we go back to Damon Hellstrom, who is attempting to uh, divine. Is mm-hmm. that the correct usage of the divination. word? Divination. He's he, trying to he's, do divination. Yeah, he's using divination to divine, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, who is behind these nightmares that are killing kids? Because apparently this has been happening around the world for a little while, and he's been tracking it. And it's funny, I assume that he is probably using chicken bones, which is an old voodoo mm. thing. Maybe it's an African thing. I'm not sure. Uh, he's holding them in his hand, and he's talking to the spirits, saying, I'm going to do this, and you better not dork me over, because mm-hmm. I'll know. And then he throws the bones to ensure that they understand what what he means, and they spell out the word yes. So he picks the bones up again and uh, throws them 
asking them in particular, you know, what's going on and who's behind this. The bones stack up in a big long pillar and stack up on a point on the map that he put on the bed that corresponds to Broxton, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So he thanks the bones and the spirits and... Uh, as far as we know, heads off to Broxton, Oklahoma. And it, he acted like, it sounded to me like he was merely, they merely confirmed what he already thought. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, but I, you know, with with all the beings and everything else that are on Earth, why would he just assume that Loki was behind this? Well, I mean, we know Loki is seldom, if ever, up to any good. I mean, mm -hmm. that's But he's not the only one. Right. So... You know, and plus two, you know, what reading we've seen of Loki in the old Thors and in this, causing kids to have nightmares and killing them in the night is just not the that's kind not of Loki. thing he does. Yeah, that's I mean, not Loki. You know, it's not the way he works. So there's nothing that we have seen that smells like Loki. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know why he would have that impression. But uh, so we uh, we go back now to Asgardia. We're in Loki's room. And uh, Loki is having a nightmare. He's having a nightmare concerning Thor and concerning his betrayal of Thor. His direct intervention, uh, him being the direct cause into Thor's death, which also I don't remember it being that way. Thor was just as much responsible for his death as anything Loki did, mm -hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, the Desir also um, are in his dream. They rise up out of the ground to try to grab him and drag him down to uh, Nightmare or Mephisto. That's who his dad is. Okay. Damon Hellstrom's father is Mephisto. Okay. Um, and the Desir are trying to drag Loki down, probably to Mephisto's realm, because that's where they're trapped. Um, I would assume that he's having. That, that the Desir are in his nightmare because he feels guilty about them as well? Yes. Um, yeah. Now, now them, I would say, yeah, he did kind of do wrong with the um, bartering, using them as the bargaining chips with Mephisto and all that. You know, now, yeah, that was kind of underhanded. His um, involvement in what happened to Thor, I mean, there was a, a, a prophecy mm -hmm. for as old as the Asgardians were that this would happen, whether Loki had been there or not. Ultimately, if you believe those sorts of things, this would have happened. Thor would have died in this manner, causing this result, which is what we saw. Mm -hmm. You know, so Loki, I mean, and also, um, oddly enough, that I think is the primary thing that the Allmother is holding over his head. And it's like, Right. But still, the bottom line is he had very little to do with that. Correct. You know, you, you don't have the ammunition you think. Mm -hmm. So I guess the ammunition they have is what Loki is allowing them to have. I guess if he were to push back, they may not have that much. Just the destroyer armor and Volstagg being involved. Involved in it, yeah. Who cares? Odin's the only one that cares, and he's not even around anymore. Right. The Asgardians wouldn't care about that. Mm -hmm. So we see that uh, Icole is is waking Loki up 
which could have led to some of the ferocity of the nightmare and, and external. <laughs> Something happened to you like you. that. Yeah. So, um, Loki's asking Icole, you know, what, what did you want? Why were you, you know, why are you doing that? Why are you pecking on me? <laughs> and um, basically he tells him, well, you were having a nightmare and the nightmare that you were having needed to be put an end to. So it's almost like he's he's saying that you're going to have some amount of cause into your nightmare happening, mm-hmm. and I had to stop it so that it, you know, so that it ended. Um, so they uh, go off to try to find um, the cause. I think you think that's what it is. What's mm-hmm. causing the nightmare? Right, because because okay. Icol says you know the dreams are important. They're, they're, what it's trying to tell you is important. Well, it's just trying to tell Loki that he was responsible for Thor's death and that the Desir are out to get him, is all I gathered from that. But um, they head to uh, Dark Asgard, the Serpent's Asgard, mm-hmm. and um, they're looking around and they feel that, you know, there was once a, uh, there was once massive dark magic here but it's no longer here all that remains is the the rocks and the rubble and everything like that and um Icole indicates that there is a place here where the serpent's asgard is just as powerful as ever and loki points to his mind and Icole says you're not entirely stupid are you in my head. In so my head. What he's telling him is whatever's going on is, is Loki's all doing within it. Loki. Okay. Okay. I got you. And um, as they're sitting there discussing this, we see Damon Hellstrom who kind of appears and senses, sees, feels, however he operates, that Loki is there and immediately attacks him. And Causing that's, trouble. That's where the issue, and of course Loki's response is, oh hell. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the issue ends. So, Damon Helsner. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what the, what the angle is here. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of this is being, I, I think Loki is being held um, more accountable than he really is. Uh, those nightmares, uh, whatever Hellstrom is you know the the kids and the nightmares and the you know we've been following loki he doesn't have anything to do with anything right so maybe but i guess loki being the the most resident well, evil i guess because he did do all the machinations to to help thor defeat the serpent and die in the process but still every i would say that all of hell knew that loki had because he had been down there with the Hellhound, the Hellwolf. Yeah, you know, they they know that he was doing all this stuff in order to make it all come about. So he is their resident evil. That's not that's not a resident of hell, right? You know, he's the first one they're going to for evilness for things that are going on. I suspect that what we're going to find is something or someone is still there in Dark yeah. Asgard, some. Um, entity of some sort. Uh, an entity or the energy is still being radiated by some artifact and it's causing this, yeah. something like that. So, which actually we have uh, 634. We can go ahead and read it. Yeah, I know. Even though we 
won't be able to talk about it for a little while. But what we will be able to talk about next episode is the Mighty Thor 1966 volume issues 168 and 169. The Search for Galactus. Which we'll get to learn more about Galactus. And Mighty Thor, the 2011 volume. Not the Mighty, but just Mighty Thor. Uh, issue 10, which will be the continuation of his story about the God Eater. And I can't remember and, the name. Tannerus and the, and the... Yeah, Tannerus is the foe Thor and whatever the God Eater's name is. Mm-hmm. I forget its name. Okay, now, concerning the uh, little bit of feedback we have, I got a heads up by um, SMCJ, SMCJ44. Uh, that's what he signed his feedback as. He sent me an email saying that I probably needed to look at the English United Kingdom British, whatever you want to call it, iTunes. And it had never occurred to me to look at iTunes in other countries. So I did. And I found a couple pieces of feedback. Uh, The first one, or or one of the ones here, is from SMCJ44. He says, Great knowledge on the Thunder God with in-depth readings of the comic books from the past and the present. Great if you already know stuff about the Godly Avenger or if you know nothing. Five hammers out of five. Oh, thank you. Also is a feedback here that is almost a year and a half old that we didn't acknowledge. So we are now. And we're sorry. If you are still listening, whomever used the moniker Valence Robinson, if that is your real name, or uh, I apologize. This says, presenters Ed and Terry are noticeably feeling their way around the subject. I tried to find in October of 2010, uh, how long we had been doing this, and I couldn't narrow down the numbers, but I think they were in the single digits. So We were <laughs> feeling our way. While their enthusiasm for Thor is evident, they need to pay attention to presentation style, particularly with Ed, who tends to drift into a monotone monologue at times. But hey, these are early days, and it is interesting to see how things have changed even after only eight casts. I'm sorry, there we go. Eight. The show delves into the earliest comic appearances of our favorite Thunder God way, way back in Journey into Mystery, right up to the current stuff. The show certainly has potential and could become increasingly topical in the run up to the movie release of Thor in 2011, which was last summer, and The Avengers 2012, which is this summer. Yes. It's also unusual to pair a seasoned comics pro, Ed, with self-confessed relative novice. Me, Terry. Makes a refreshing change from the usual diet of know-it-alls, seen-it-all panels. If you want to see a possible gem in the rough, then tune in and subscribe. On current showing, they deserve support. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And so we know we have potentially two listeners over in the United Kingdom. Cool. Which is kind of cool. That's, That's very cool. Um, we've we've we, had, we we hope we've gotten better. <laughs> we've had some other uh, feedback from uh, Ben and Way, who I just assumed were in the U.S. because of various things, but mm-hmm. they may not have been either. But we know that these two gentlemen are not because they left feedback on the U.K. iTunes. So. Thank you very much, uh, Valence Robinson, if that's how it's pronounced, Valence 
V-A-L-E-N-C-E, could be Valencia. Mm -hmm. uh, SMCJ44, thank you both for the feedback, uh, ladies and or gentlemen, um, whichever, whichever you may be. And we want to thank Mr. Derek Coward, who is the technical brains behind the podcast and the websites and the postings and all that. Uh, without Derek's help, this would be infinitely more difficult for us, perhaps even to the point of not being able to do it. So thank you very much, Derek. Yes. If you folks do want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us at themightythorpodcast at gmail.com. The website is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. The Mighty Thorcast has a fan page on Facebook, and they also have a page on Google+. Uh, we are not and will not be on Pinterest. Also, uh, as we just read from Valence, uh, Valence and SMCJ44, feel free to leave us an iTunes review. We promise we'll pay more attention we'll, to we'll both the UK and the United States. Try to States. keep up better. Plus, they help other people find the show if you think the show is interesting at all. If you think listening to Thor as we come up on the Avengers movie is something people might want to do, point them our way. Um, I think that's all for us. Uh, we'll be back hopefully in another couple of weeks with some more 66 Thor and some more 2011 Thor. Yes. And until then, keep on reading, and we'll talk to you guys again later. Bye. This is a Teal Production.